Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Well, hello again and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast. It is Multifamily Monday and we have a lot of special things happening today, a lot of surprises. Most notably, Peely's back in the show. Happy Monday, everyone. Yay. Back and back and back. But on top of that, who is our awesome guest today? We have the awesome Dan Schoenbachler. Welcome, Dan. You are amazing. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Last time Dan was on, it was episode 32. And now we are at episode... Episode 325. And again, what? go back and listen to episode 32. And that's going to give you a great idea about what Dan has been doing for his whole course in real estate. Uh, but Dan, give us some feedback. So a lot has happened since uh, now 300 or so episodes. So uh -huh. give us a little current conditions, what you've been working on. Yeah, did you guys miss me? <laughs> <laughs> After we did, that's what we said. Let's go. Let's get back on. So uh, I do believe the main topic when we last spoke was more about my uh, brokerage experience and working as uh, an agent for the people, finding deals, especially investment-oriented properties. So for uh, almost two years now, I've actually, on the side, been doing uh, capital raising for syndications and helping uh, pair up investors with uh, investees. So, um, helping put together a lot of multifamily uh, syndications. Awesome. And, and Dan has been a partner with us in our projects in the past and one of our future projects coming up. And, uh, we thought it'd be a great lead in segue topic for today. Just talking about investments, um, how to really evaluate investments, uh, from a, from one, a, an active environment, also from a passive environment, how to look at the deal and how to look also at the operator. Um, so Dan, when you're having a deal brought across your desk, what are some of the main components that you initially focus on to see if this is even an investment that you want to look further into? Yeah, it's kind of a chicken or the egg because there, there's two main components that you have to um, focus on and that's the deal and the investor. So, I know I have certain investors that won't be interested in certain things and then uh, vice versa. So I guess overall, starting with the investment itself, uh, want to make sure that uh, the history of the operator is solid, you know, see if they have a track record. And even if they're in the early stages, uh, making sure that they have uh, a history in other fields that can complement and be applied to the uh, investment side. So if they've run other businesses or been in the finance world, they could probably, you know, figure out an income and expense sheet to help underwrite a property, things of that nature. Uh, so they don't even necessarily have to be, there's, there's lots of good uh, sponsors that didn't even have any experience in real estate prior and then have gone on to run incredible investment opportunities. Um, so a few things that I look for for my investors are usually over the course of the deal to try and at least double their money between the quarterly distributions and the payout at the end. I'd like to get at least a two X equity multiple. And um, most of my investors are looking for some cash, some fairly nice cash flow, meaning seven plus percent a year. Um, usually, you know, a lot of these deals will have preferred return. Uh, 
say seven or eight percent, which means they're uh, they should be getting that much at minimum. And then uh, there could be additional on top of that. So uh, a lot of people look for that, you know, stepping into a seven percent preferred return, hoping to get more like nine or ten percent a year, which a lot of the deals do tend to be value add. So that does leave room for the operator to increase the cash flow and get them that above average returns. Awesome. When you're looking at the operator themselves, when you're turned off from a deal, what are some of the areas of concern about the, the deal or the operator that you, that you can reference that may be a good point for other people to look at? What are some red flags? Sure. Um, you know, red flags could just be the first thing that people flip to is the return page. <laughs> to look at the return structure that they have set up could be all over the place. Uh, so the, th- the thing is, and the challenge sometimes is that these deals can be structured a million different ways. Uh, there is no rule or base to it. There are a lot of people that kind of have created kind of a norm and they will, uh, you know, have either a straight split like 70, 30 or 80, 20, something like that. So, uh, you know, some people are expecting more of those kinds of returns. Uh, so if they see something more like 60-40 or 50-50, they might be not as prepared for a deal like that. Um, also, a lot of people are hesitant on markets. So, you know, if you go into a really small town, you know, especially you're more susceptible to uh, a single employer, less job diversity in that kind of area. It is a town of or area of 20,000 people and there's one big office or manufacturer there, they're probably employing the bulk of the people there. So you can fall into that trap that if they have one down, one job, one job opportunity to go downhill, uh, suddenly there could be an incredible amount of vacancy or people leaving the area. So uh, you wanna make sure that uh, the demographics are reached, um, analyzing the MSAs and whatnot, as well as, um, you know, job security and uh, things of that nature. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And in terms of investors themselves, it, it's now, I, we hear a lot, right? Oh, well, I don't know how to find um, investors. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to tap into investors. I don't, or I don't know anybody who, who may have money. What's, what's some good ways that you can, you can find investors that these might be good investments for? So that's kind of how I naturally fell into this. I've, I've always been a networker, uh, an opportunist as well, as I like to say. Um, so like any uh, person that steps into a sales role, they're told, oh, you know, call everyone in your sphere, your circle of influence, the people you know. So starting there is always good. And then expanding upon that. Think, think of other people in your life if it's, um, you know, people you use like doctors or dentists or uh, your own insurance person. Uh, it's what's especially good to think about if you're looking to raise capital is uh, target the people with uh, higher net worth and good income jobs. Uh, because And a lot of these people with the high salary W-2 jobs don't have the time for the uh, patients to try and find deals and things like that. So they're 
whether they know it or not, they might be wanting to hear from you about an opportunity like this. They just might not be aware of it or they just didn't know you were involved. So telling everyone your story and what you do among um, all walks of life, uh, it's a little easier for me because like I said, I'm on the brokerage side as well. So I talk to people about real estate every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a natural uh, conversion to swing into. And on the investment side, uh, I help people invest out of state in large multifamily syndications. And that means for you that you get completely passive income. And a lot of people say, oh, wow, that sounds better than answering 4 a.m. phone calls about a cloud toilet. So um, it, whether they're looking to invest locally or just want that completely hands off, uh, a lot of them do consider and or jump into uh, the passive side. So if I'm your average investor, say I do some fix and flips or I'm a doctor or so, and I have some extra cash, how do I find a person like you, Dan? Uh, call me. <laughs> so if you're well, listening, guess, call Dan. Yeah. I guess in, in, in that know, light is that, you know, when, when you are sourcing funds and you actually said something that, that I, I hadn't thought of it that way is that people, they may not even know that they, they want to know about this opportunity because they don't even know it exists. Right. And that, that's so true. Just so many yeah. people are, Oh, well I, I invest in, you know, mutual funds or stocks or, you know, I, but I investing in apartment communities, it, it usually has been for so long. It was, it was thought of only available to the institutional players, but to know that it's available mm -hmm. to so many different people. And, and it is a great resource for people who, who just have a lot of active income and just don't have that time. But this gives them so many different reasons that they can combat that active income against, you know, you know, tax savings and other, other tax advantages that can come about through investing in these properties. Um, so I guess where, where Pelia was going is that when you're, when you, when you're looking for these operators, you know, like what are some of the, what's some good ways to find resources where maybe some of these deals would be available? Well, we're living in a blessed time where we have the internet at our fingertips. So a few great easy resources to tap into are websites like biggerpockets.com. You can literally just start searching for the words syndications or syndicators, things of that multifamily. And uh, you'll, it's funny because it's a little bit of a small world, even though a lot of people, a lot more people keep getting into it every day. But you kind of see who the players are, some of the gurus, as they call them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, whether it's multiple uh, trainings available and or just coming across these circles, you kind of can start to weed out who's actually getting involved and who's, who's actually producing and who's not. Um, and spinoffs of that will be things like Facebook groups uh, or other specialized interest groups that are focused on this and what's even better i'm a big face-to-face uh, -face person so going to uh, meetup groups in your area it's easy again whether it's meetup.com or just google you know real estate or investor meetup group and your zip code or town name it's fairly easy to come across and find a bunch of these groups that are starting and uh, then you can actually go and talk to these people and hear one-on-one -on -one directly from the source who uh who's actually doing things, who's not, successes, failures, all of the above. Yeah, great point. And honestly, if you, when you find the sponsors, you, you don't necessarily have to invest with them right away, but maybe see some of the deals they've worked on in the past, you know, find it and have them send you their, you know, past, you know, investment summaries or, or offerings so you can review, so you can fully 
understand what these deals are about and how they're typically structured so you can make a, a, a better informed decision. So when the next opportunity is actually brought to you, you've already had guidance on how they are, just so you can understand. Um, and in terms of operators out there, um, no, that's not, that's not going that direction. In terms of uh, the deals themselves, is there a certain guidelines that you like to give your investors or, or certain questions that, that typically come up from investors about the deal that you see time and time again for people that are raising capital? A long way to get to the answer is uh, usual questions that people ask you when you're raising money. Yeah. Um, you know, someone will ask track record, uh, especially if they're new. I've, I've raised on three deals uh, within the past six months and um, you do tend to get some of the same questions and it's, uh, Oh, how much money do you have dedicated already? <laughs> Even though it could be the first day you're sending the email. Oh, how much do you, did you raise already? Uh, they don't want to be like the only person jumping in on that, on that boat in case it sinks. And, um, so they're always interested where you stand on the raising process. And it's nice when I can call them back and say, Oh, it's been 72 hours. We're full. Sorry. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that kind of shows the confidence in um, the amount of people that are willing to get in on the opportunities. Um, some will ask for track record and history, although uh, I've been raising mainly for the same uh, sponsored group. And, um, you know, some of them, it's, it's less questions than uh, I would say almost excuses or uh, responses to why they're not investing. And that actually helps me because then I take note of that and make sure when those opportunities do come around, I bring it back to them because they'll say something like, I'm just not familiar with, let's say Austin, Texas. I'm not familiar enough on the um, rental market there. So I'm going to pass on this opportunity, but send me the next one. Uh, someone will say, I just invested on something else. I'm going to wait to save a few more bucks for the next one. So people are always kindly passing. I've even had uh some of my biggest fish that I thought, oh, they'll probably pick up the whole raise. It was not interested at all in being passive. Let me know when I can be on the general partner side. So it's like, okay, well, you know what? There can absolutely be opportunity for that too. Maybe we end up structuring a joint venture on a deal instead of syndicating it. Uh, same kind of thing, just less players, less hands in the pot and save on some attorney fees. So uh, what, so those are kind of the main things that come up, uh, just not familiar, not comfortable enough yet, or um, just not in the right position financially. Um, but most of them ask what the cash flow is, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's it's absolutely you're spot on though that that a no today is not always a no tomorrow, and so constantly. Right. Follow up with people and let them know because just like anything, this can be new for a lot of people. So if you're sending to them for the first time, the ultimate answer may just be no because they just don't understand it enough yet. And But if you can show them, and, you know, okay, they didn't do this investment or, or even the next one, that's fine. But keep sending them the performance. Show them how the deal is progressing. Show them how the deals are doing well. Continue to follow up because they will ultimately love to see more of it and they ultimately may become a, a bigger investor down the road once they can ultimately fully understand it. So a no today is not always a no forever. So you are also a real estate agent with KW. 
uh, Keller Williams. How right. do you speak to other agents? Because I have been a big proponent of real estate, real estate <laughs> agents out there. You, I know you're listening. If you're not investing yes. in some way, shape or form, you should be because you have your hand on the, on the button that is the real estate market. So all you real estate agents out there, you better be listening to this because Dan is about to drop golden bombs of awesomeness on you. Why should your average or above average or just every, your everyday real estate agent start investing? The one word answer, taxes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the uh, two word answer, retirement funded. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I've kind of gone on a little personal mission where I'm trying to go around and shake as many real estate agents as I can and say, wake up. Uh, you are missing the best opportunity of your life right here. So I've actually been going around a bunch of my own brokerages, offices, and teaching classes uh, alongside with Jason on um, the benefits and why every real estate professional should be involved in investing. It's um, always been a little pain point for me that I feel like a lot of agents are very hypocritical where we're helping put, we're helping people make their biggest investment choices of their life. Uh, I don't know any other time that you're putting like six figures down on a place, you know, you're not buying cars that expensive and stuff like that. It's, uh, you're probably not even putting that much into retirement funds every year, but you'll buy a house and uh, we're helping these people make the biggest investment choices of their life. And we don't take advantage of it. I know so many realtors that don't own a single piece of property and it's okay if they don't buy their primary residence as Grant Cardone or Gary Vee would say, <laughs> that could be a waste. Uh, put all that money towards the investing side. Now, uh, one of my good friends uh, turned me on to Tom Wheelwright, uh, C Robert Kiyosaki's CPA at Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I've been obsessing over him for the past few months and listening to his podcast and reading up on Tax-Free Wealth book and everything because he's very entertaining as far as CPAs go to begin with. <laughs> but um, he he's so knowledgeable. And with the current tax reform especially, uh, real estate professionals have every advantage in the world. We can literally have the opportunity to pay $0 in taxes through real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And not only that. Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. How much in taxes? We could potentially pay $0 in taxes. Legally. Boom. Legally, you know much, yes, I mean, legally. Come yeah. on, agents out there. You know how much money you pay in taxes a year, and it's mm -hmm. mind-boggling. Dan just said you could do zero. What? Mm -hmm. And oh, did we already say uh, I'm not an attorney, I'm not a CPA, I'm not a yes. doctor? <laughs> we, don't, we don't promise that. But, but anyway. So, yeah. so it's your accountant, you know, but there's but many it, tax benefits that come with investing in real estate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you see it, especially with... Uh, multifamily investing um, due to tools like cost segregation and 100% bonus depreciation. Uh, for the flippers out there, uh, that it's also argued whether you're actually an investor or not, because it's very transactional uh, versus a buy and hold is deemed more of an actual investment. Um, flipping, you get hammered on taxes. Mm -hmm. And 
but this buy and hold is an opportunity where you can write off the passive income. So the bonus depreciation is essentially you do a cost segregation study, which is like an accounting engineer uh, separates the land and the building, sees how much things cost, and you accelerate all the depreciation over 30 plus years for commercial property uh, all up front. So you write off all of that up front, which can be really significant. I, uh, my friend, my one friend had written up to 90% of his investment off on some of his investments, meaning put in $100,000, get roughly a $90,000 write-off just on that one particular property due to the numbers that came out off that cost segregation study. Um, so not only that, but if you have enough write-offs from the depreciation, you can write off not only your passive income as a, your earned income as a uh, real estate professional, but if you have a spouse that's a W-2 employee, like my wife is an engineer, she works for a corporation, gets, you know, weekly paychecks, I can start writing off her income as well. So that is just mind-boggling. And there's so many people out there that can benefit from this. And I uh, just want to spread the word and tell everyone, get your act together, get your money into a property and enjoy the good life because it can be incredible. Thank you for that, Dan. Uh, it's awesome. Dan, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on. Glad to have you back in the show. Uh, for listeners that are going to go back and hear episode 32, you're going to hear a lot more about Dan's adventures and Dan's growth as a real estate professional. Uh, but for everybody who wants to talk to you more about uh, just really what you're working on, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, best way is call me or text me. My phone number is 973-919-7311. Uh, Email is dshone at kw.com. That's D-S-C-H-O-E-N at kw.com. And, uh, you know, I'm all over social media, Dan Schoenbachler. Uh, I'm sure you'll have my name spelled in the show notes, but uh, last name's S-C-H-O-E-N-B-A-E-C-H-L-E-R. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> get some oxygen. <laughs> And if you're going to call Dan late at night, text him because he's got a young one at home. So, so don't, don't call too late at night. No. We don't want any crying babies and a, a mad wife. Yeah. So. Good. Well, Dan, this has yeah, been awesome. Yeah. Thanks so, so much for coming on the show. You want to take us out? Thanks yes. for having me. Where are we again? Oh, wait. So this is the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason Peely. Thank you again to Dan Schoenbachler. Mind-boggling value. And thank you all for listening. We're so grateful. Have a great night. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.